Good morning, everyone. Today is, I don't know, I think it's the 13th of September. Uh, I'm Carter. You're watching Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space along with my co-host, Carrie Smith. He's right there. Hello, um, Carter. Morning, Carrie. Good morning. Kofefi Break is a show we do every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Live, where it's a little bit less structured. We talk about news, whatever. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, we're definitely going to do some super chats because we didn't do as many on Friday as we should have. Um, and you're probably, if you're watching on YouTube, you're watching on our Clips channel because we're still banned on our main channel. But I think maybe as soon as tomorrow, we'll be tomorrow or Wednesday, hopefully earlier this week, we'll be, the ban will be lifted from our main YouTube channel and we'll be back there. But as always, you can go to unsafespace.com. Always has our latest live stream. Uh, so you can watch it embedded there, whether it's on YouTube or Odyssey or wherever else we are. Um, you can also support us there financially if you want to. And let's see. Oh, we have a Twitter Book account club. now that's back. Uh, no, we don't. Space. There's a Unsafe Space ghost account. Oh, right. Yeah. There's a ghost of Unsafe Space that's there. Who knows uh, what it is? And yes, Book Club. Carrie, do you want to do Book Club? Uh, book club is coming up this Sunday. Carter, can you send me a copy of the book? <laughs> oh, you don't have a book? A book? <laughs> it's called Neuromancer. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Going to start. <laughs> I, think I forgot to send. I think I forgot to send copies because I bought a digital copy this time for myself okay. instead of a physical copy. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry, I would I like the that. physical copy. I could. Don't worry. I it's can read it fast. Yeah, um, I heard it's good, so I can read it fast. And it's uh, fiction this month, and this was recommended, I heard, by Comics Division, so I'm very excited to read it, actually. We're going to be discussing that book on Sunday. You still have time to read it. You can join me reading it now, and <laughs> yeah, you can go to unsafespace.com backslash book club to find out more info. It's always free to join and participate in our book club discussions. It'll be live. You can be in the video chat, or you can be in the chat like today. And... Uh, oh, I just see a super chat there from two sisters and some yarn saying, hello, while I can. Hey, lady. And Carter, keep an eye on the P.O. Box. Cool. Um, uh, the book after this one, if you want to get a head start. Is Texit. And I have already started that book. That book is nonfiction. Uh, for anybody like me who wants to learn more about the history of secession and to just have some more info so you can know what you're talking about if you start talking about it. That's what I want to do is just know more things about it. So we're going to be reading that next month. And that is by um, Daniel Miller. Yes. And the last thing I want to say, we do have an announcement. Apparently, pressing the subscribe button is now mandated federally. So you have to go do that. or Otherwise, you're just not allowed to be here. So go press this. Or else you, lose, just the rule. you, know, you yeah. lose your job. You lose your job. <laughs> if you don't We're press serious. the subscribe button, you lose your job. It's just look. Don't blame me. Just the the our subscribers are threatened. I mean, we're frustrated with those of you who are not subscribed yet. Really frustrated. We're getting tired of it. We tried the carrot. Now we're I trying the stick. the stick. Now we have to go to the Sorry. stick. We let we did it voluntarily. Now the voluntary period is over. <laughs> now you have to. <laughs> okay uh carter i missed you 
Um, <laughs> Someone in chat asked me if I lost my patience. I we, I sometimes I don't know if I have a lot of patience. Sometimes I have a lot of patience, and other times I have no patience at all. So I don't know that my patience is a a steady thing. By the way, Therese says good use of sarcasm, Carrie. I was wondering if I were saying that. I'm pretty sure Carrie would be the whole time going, "He's kidding. He's kidding." No, see, that's good sarcasm. I'll explain oh, why. Good sarcasm no, is, is the stuff Carrie does. That's the rule. I got no, it. No, it's not. No. Although I I do save it for when it's good. Here here's here's the thing about sarcasm. No, it's true. That's okay. an obvious joke because it's like it's an obvious we're losing. But whenever patience. I use sarcasm, no, I think it's an obvious you joke. You don't often yeah, but but what's obvious for but, you thought it you shot it you thought it should be self evident. No, but you thought it should be self evident that that universal health care is unconstitutional. My point is, yes, you know, I you know, I know, but you're, you're outside, you're on the upper end of this bell curve in some ways. And in, in other ways, let me tell you the way that people lazily use sarcasm. I'm not talking about you, but people on Twitter who, and, and Facebook who lazily use it. They don't use it in a joke like that, where you're taking an argument that was used for something or words that were used for something and then, and then applying it to something absurd. They don't do it that way. They literally just state the opposite of what they believe. And they try to put those words in your mouth. That's lazy sarcasm. So if you're in an argument with someone about um, the jab, for example, and they su they support everything the cathedral is saying, and they, and they type back to you, we shouldn't ever take vaccines or trust science because you know, who vaccines are just Western medicine and we shouldn't do, they type back something that they, they are trying to say is your opinion, even though you don't hold that opinion and it's not their opinion either. It's almost like a straw man, that kind of sarcasm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I no? don't engage in that. Or you don't get into those conversations. But when you get to my level, you can be sarcastic <laughs> about the constitution and healthcare being unconstitutional. And then you just, you know, you just gotta, you gotta get to the level of understanding where that's obvious. Right. The le that level. That See, that was good sarcasm. <laughs> was it? The eye flare. All right. All right. Um, oh. I, I feel bad that we didn't do Super Chats on Friday. Uh, it was great to have James Lindsay there. But we didn't really, and and uh, some bitch I know, but we didn't, um, we didn't do Super Chats. So I just want to say to people, we are going to definitely answer super chats today. I apologize for not really answering them on Friday too much. I do have a list of the ones that were on Friday, but I, most of them are kind of the context is lost and it's not really yeah worth saying anything anymore. Um, so that's okay. Occasionally yeah. we'll we'll miss them by necessity. It's not often that we do that. So, yeah. um, but we really appreciate it. And yeah, people are saying James was great. So was L. Yeah. Um, that was that was an interesting one. Oh, Sandy Ken says, "I heart you too so very much." We heart you too. We're definitely doing that super chat, Sandy Ken. Anything yeah. about how awesome we are? We're going to read that super <laughs> chat on air. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything about hearts? <laughs> so, speaking of patience, yes. Did you see the the Facebook post I sent you about COVID patients? <laughs> the so, other that's kind a of joke. Patients. The other kind of patients. <laughs> I did, and it, it it actually it comport it, it it I won't say comports with it follows the same um, pattern of of an NPR article this, or story that was on this morning. It was all they it was they wanted to do a story about someone who had um, 
break through COVID. So they had already had the vaccine, but they got it anyway. And but the whole story was all about it was much better because she was vaccinated and the vaccines are it's still very great. Blah, blah, blah. Like the whole the whole, the entire they couldn't just tell the story. It was like 80 <laughs> percent giving the right context. So you didn't, you know, under, draw the wrong conclusions from the story that they're they were telling you. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, why don't you tell people about this? Uh, I, I think obvious, <laughs> overt, and like, du- like stupidly obvious, uh, fishing expedition that your local station is going through, Carrie. Um, I it's thought of another, station, right? I thought of another reason I want to come back to this later about sarc. another point about sarcasm, but okay. <laughs> sorry, this fishing expedition, <laughs> Uh, well, let's put it up there. This is actually not my local news. This is in Michigan. I think it's uh, one of our, I won't name who, but one of our viewers, I think it's her local channel. And Thank you, Cheeky Mayor. I don't think your heart could grow three sizes, but oh. I guess it can. So. <laughs> See, any super chat with the word heart in it. So this was in Michigan, and they were going on a fishing expedition, as you said. And my local station in Austin has been doing the exact same thing. I wonder how many people's local stations are doing this. But mine, every day, mine cherry picks the story and they run a propaganda piece where they say, here's a person who just died and they wish they had gotten the vaccine. Their dying wish was that you all get the vaccine. So they actually, this local station in Michigan, they are looking for those stories. I guess they've run out. So here's what it says. It says, uh, This is WXYZ TV channel seven. You can find them on Facebook. This post is from September 10th. And they say, after the vaccines were available to everyone, did you lose an unvaccinated loved one to COVID-19? If you're willing to share your family story, please DM us your contact information. We may reach out for a story we're working on. Now, this isn't memorable except for what happened in the comments. They were deluged with tens of thousands look at these comments 51,000 shares of this post and there's just comment after comment of people talking about uh loved ones they lost who were vaccinated and in some cases they lost them to covid after being vaccinated in other cases they lost them these people claim due to the vaccination itself Uh, But I'm talking about thousands upon thousands of comments here and people who are saying, hey, my my uh, father, this is this is uh, one of the most sad ones. And this is someone in our community posted this one. So my father died not from covid, but because he was too afraid of covid to go outside the house to get medical treatment for his problem, Mm. for what he was suffering from. So we do a story on that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah, well, you do a story on that. Of course, they're not going to do a story on that. And so if you just scroll down, I, there's hardly anyone here answering. I didn't see one and I scrolled through hundreds. There's hardly anyone here answering, you know, with what they were looking for. It's actually the exact opposite. Tons of people talking about uh, people in their 30s who passed away after getting Anyway, I, I don't even know how much of this we can talk about or we'll get banned from the Clips channel. Well, but look, I think, I think <laughs> the, the anti, the, 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 I won't say anti-vaxxers because they're not anti-vaxxers. The anti-coup vaccination mandate people right. are also often guilty of the correlation and causation. Thing. Right. And, and I understand that they're responding because they feel like, uh, 
they feel like there's been a lot of confusion of correlation and causation. I mean, there's plenty of criticism about um, the average number of comorbidities that are um, for, for, for COVID deaths. And there's plenty of pushback on the designation of, of COVID as the cause of death. And there's, there's arguments about that being misattributed or at least the statistical probability being skewed by comorbidities. But to, to when you when you come back with here's some anecdotes of some more correlation and then argue as if it's causation, it's pretty easy for them to to say, look, you guys don't understand science, right? Um and they they do do that. They yeah. they point at you and they say, look, just because this happened after you were vaccinated doesn't mean it was the vaccine. And that is true. Um, I, I'm staunchly in the position of we don't know a whole lot. The end. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't exactly. I'm not running around we saying vaccines are dangerous. I don't know that they are. I don't know that they're not. I don't I actually know that they're not super, super dangerous in the short term because otherwise people would be dropping like flies like they, they're not massively dangerous in the short term. That's clear because a lot of people have been vaccinated. Beyond that, I don't have much to say about long term. I don't think anyone knows longitudinally because we haven't had enough time. Um, so and some of these other risks, for if you have certain uh, you know, immune system issues or other things, I don't know. I don't know enough information about them. I haven't looked. And uh, I assume that both sides are making their, their case as unscientifically as possible. But the point is not whether it's effective or not effective or any of that, the point is you own your body and no one has the right to tell you what to stick in it. Not uh, Pfizer, right. not Joe Biden, not Harvey Weinstein. All right. Um, There's actually two sisters and some yarns in our chat and she outed herself and said that was her comment I was talking about in there. Yeah, she got yeah. 11,000 likes on it. Um, yeah mentioning you know what had happened to her dad and um yeah, yeah it's 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 actually and someone else said this i'd scrolled by i i lost it it was pretty fast but somebody said it wasn't a super chat but they said something about um when you can't question it's propaganda and that's the issue here is the as we know the double standard and the you can't they will run story after story anecdotal story after story and cherry pick these stories to try and push one narrative but they'll never run a story <laughs> with the other narrative, they'll never talk about, you know, any of these anecdotal. They're not going to have a journalist reach out to any of these people. Right, because news, look, news by its nature isn't science. So first of all, if you can't question, it's not science. That's science 101. If you can't ask questions, whatever's happening is not science. So put that, put that aside for a second, because that's always true. But news is never science. The best news can do is report on science. And the best thing that they could do to report on science would be to contextualize it uh, and make clear what's known and what's not known. And if they want to have stories, the best thing to do would be to put that story in context. So, for example, if here's if it's a story of so-and-so school shooter, let's talk about something that's not COOF related. So-and-so school shooter, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's probably needs to be a context. This is the this is how often this happens. Like how often are crimes committed with rifles? How often is like all that stuff is context that should be provided when you're telling a story because things can be sensational, even though they're rare, right? Like planes are much safer than cars, for example, but a plane crash, you wouldn't argue that the, the news shouldn't cover a plane crash. It's an event. It's a big deal. 
it should get covered, but you know, there's context to a plane crash. You're much safer on a plane than in a car. That's still true. Um, so the best thing that the news can do is provide context and uh, give anecdotes. But if you have the news being run by uh, a group of people who don't care about science at all and are only agenda-based, then you end up with narratives often lacking context that push a single agenda. And and they and they say it's science, right? They'll, they call what they're doing science. Yeah. Or they say you're not listening to the science. If you don't listen to CNN, you're not listening to the science. It's like, well, CNN's not the science. The best it could ever be would be a summary of science, um, which it's clearly not. <sighs> Can we do a couple of super chats quickly? Mandy mm -hmm. says, so apparently there are a-hole people out there who infiltrate YouTube channels like this that conflict with their opinions and report them to YouTube on Twitter, which gets YouTube to investigate them instantly and gets them banned. Yeah, of course there are. Those people are called social justice warriors. <laughs> uh, Steven Landau says, carrot and the stick, laughing. And it's only Monday. Oh, good. Did you guys hear about Peter Bogosian resignation? Yes. Would have loved to hear James Lindsay's take on it. And we didn't ask James about that at all. Uh, and I think the last one to get caught up here, Johnny Boy, quick, quick draw says, Carrie, you're a little too good at irony and satire. I had flashbacks to grade school when I didn't finish my homework and the teacher would scold me like you did about the subscribe <laughs> button. She is pretty good at keeping a straight face and being like. <laughs> I'm pretty good at the straight face, yeah. yeah. You guys ever did those? Uh... Scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You never did those, those party picks where everybody would be having a good time and then you'd be like, okay, let's take a serious one. There's very a lot of practice doing serious photos with oh. serious straight face. Okay. Oh, Mandy says, if it's Last my one. body, my choice, then why is suicide illegal? Well, because the law is not equivalent to morality. But uh, yeah, suicide should be legal, obviously. That's my Or to slogans. I mean, again, we, we don't have to beat a dead horse, but... Uh, this, this, <laughs> this year has shown me a lot of things. And one of those is clearly that my body, my choice doesn't mean very much to most of the pro-abortion people who use it. I thought it meant a lot. I thought it was the reason. I thought they were for choice and bodily autonomy, but they're a lot of them are not. They're just for abortion. Well, they've <laughs> they're never just been. for they've abortion. Never because you can't be a socialist and be for my body, my choice. But I wasn't aware. I, I, it didn't stand out to me until this year. To see them support vaccine mandates, mask mandates, and then to turn around and try and use my body, my choice again for something abortion related. I'm like, but you're, yeah. you're not consistent. You're a hypocrite. Yeah. I think what's been happening is for a while, the left was aware that the public had some sort of decent memory and the, and the, but the public has slowly becoming goldfish so that we don't remember anything past a few yeah. seconds ago. And so now they're just like, uh, can we, can we use that phrase? Uh, in the opposite way, it's five minutes. That was five minutes ago we said it. Can we say it now using, like, five minutes have passed. Is it long enough? Can we say, can we use it again for yeah. the opposite thing? Yes. You, yes, you can, mostly. Um, they used to have to wait years before doing that, but now they just, you know. Last Tuesday, they say it in one context, and now they say it completely differently. Yeah. Marby Dog says, so true, Carrie. Everything I believed about this country in my 20s has been destroyed. Yeah, so many people, I think waking up and and some people earlier than 
me in terms of age anyway. So good for you. Like it took me until my late thirties, early forties. And if you're waking up sooner than that, you're ahead of the curve. <laughs> Although I have to remind myself, I was talking about this with Josh Logan. At least we did wake up at some point. I mean, there are people who, in the sixties I know who are still fully asleep and there are people who probably go to their grave, never waking up. So, you know, don't be too hard yeah. on yourself. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is better to wake up late. Like than never, I mean, then it's, never. It's fine, <laughs> right. And I think, you know, and James Lindsay said something that I think is unfortunately true. I don't like it, but it's true. Um, there are, there are people who've been saying this and I, did he cite Thomas Sowell? Was he the one who cited Thomas Sowell as one of the yes. people who's been saying this kind of stuff? Yeah. Right? There are people who've been saying this stuff for a really, really long time. And if you're too early, you get considered a old crazy hat. person, right? <clears throat> or old hat or whatever it is. And that's, that's not a failure of the person who's too early. That's a failure of culture um, to, to take ideas seriously, right? Um, Robert Trzinski, uh made an observation that I think is just brilliant. You know how they, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but they're related. You know how um, we talk about the CRT stuff being similar to Marxism, but they're separating people by race instead of class? Right. He pointed out that actually it's now just reverting to plain old Marxism. And because what all they're doing is they're redefining race by class. So yes. if you're Larry Elder, you're not black. Black is a particular voting pattern and state of mind and class. And white is a different class. They're just redefining actually, they're starting to actually redefine race. By ideology. By ideological lines, which is just reversion to like, actual Marxism, yeah. basically. If you don't have so. these beliefs, you're not black or queer or woman or whatever, you know? Right. And yeah, they're hiding it. I've thought about that for a while. They're hiding it. They hide, they hide the Marxism. They hide it in, or whatever you want to call it. They hide it behind race. They hide it in race and in sex and in sexuality and gender and, and all these things. But it's actually not about that because as we've talked about, they don't act, they don't actually believe any of the things they say about race or sex or sexuality that, that, so they say, listen to black voices, but they don't, if it's a conservative black person, they say, listen to women, but they don't, if it's a conservative woman or someone who doesn't agree with them. So it's just sort of a, what, what shell can, it's a shell game. What shell can we put this under? You know, even Marxism, I don't think it's even really about class. I think it's just no, no, about Marxism was always people. about beliefs. No, but think about it. I think it's just about, Maybe I'm wrong, but but I've been thinking about it. it's just about how to control people, and they hide it under different shells. And this shell, well, it might be a shell about class, it might be a shell about race or whatever. But they're like, okay, what shell can we put it under this time? Well, I mean, that- I would argue Marxism has. I mean, of course, because all political belief systems are about control. But Marxism ha- has they. You could be. You could be in the right class, but have bourgeois thinking and not to be in the right class as a result. Like Marxism, right. even Marxism was always about belief. It's about adherence to the ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly there were yeah. bourgeois who were able to erase their bourgeoisness yes. by committing to, I mean, Marx himself. Yes. Marx himself was not a, uh, a a working 
lower class day laborer, right? He was a basically a kept man, right? He, he was yeah. someone else paid for him to sit around and think and uh you know, he 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 was not the people that he claimed to be representing. So even Marxism itself is using class. The question isn't really what any of these systems are about because they are all about power. The question is like, what do they use as the guys? Marx yes. uses class as the guys. Right. But and every time it's that sort of, I, I agree totally. It's so it's this elite belief system and elite as, as defined, I, I mean, people who hold power and they might also hold wealth. I mean, that those two seem to go hand in hand, but really it's about holding power. It's this elite belief system. Look at where this came from this time. It came from the elite universities. That's where I got it always where, comes from. The it always comes from the elite. And then, and then, okay. So think back to, um, think back to what they were doing to the Ukrainian farmers, how they were, they were telling, so the elite, so Stalin, Lenin, they were telling the, the, the poor peasants, the very poor pet, the large mass of people that they need to turn on the middle-class peasants, on the farmers who maybe have four or five cows and a small farm and telling them. So the elite were saying, Hey, massive group of poor people. Uh, the problem's not us, the elite, the problem are these middle-class kulaks, the farmers who have one farm and maybe four or five cows you really need to murder those people and take their farms and collectivize them. And then we'll all be equal. And they get the, they get the lower, they get this massive group of the common people. They get the people to do this and to eliminate the middle class and to collectivize the farms and kill those people. And, and then of course we all know what happened. It's, you know, people starved to death because there's no one who knew how to farm to run those farms. And, and because the problem was not those middle-class farmers, it's the, maybe it's the elite telling you to do this, but I was thinking about that and, I, and then and I was thinking about this, what's happening right now. And we have the same thing. We have this elite group of powerful people who are telling the masses, the masses who are now vaxxed, hey, vaxxed, it's it's the unvaxxed. It's this small group of people. It's the 25%, as Biden kept saying. We need to get those 25%. You got to turn on those 25%. It's their everything is their fault. And not just and not just about the vax, it's also about property. Look, they're saying to all the masses. You guys can't buy anything. College is super expensive. Homes are super expensive. You know what the problem is? It's those middle-class property owners. It's those middle-class people, right? We got to get rid of that. We're going to do an eviction moratorium so none of those middle-class landlords can evict you. And we're going to make it so that it they can't even hold on to their homes because they can't be assured they can collect rent on them. We're going to turn you against those middle-class people so that all of you guys are equal and have nothing and have nothing and have to rent from us elite, the powerful class. It's like that over and over, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the <laughs> joys of reading history. I have joys slash devastating disappointments in reading history is that it's the same everywhere. And, um, you know, it, it appears that most people just get duped by it over and over and over again. And I mean, that's sad, but it appears as if most of us fall victim to this kind of thing over and over and over again. And it's one of the reasons why I, it's one of the things that's interesting to me is even, I, I'll get some hate maybe from the comments on this, but even the radical, like even radical Marxists, like radical leftists, the really radical ones, like the radical anarchist leftists, 
they get the problem. I, they don't get the solution correct because they don't understand the correlation between property yes. rights and, and self-ownership. But so so they throw they blame capitalism. So they get the solution wrong and, and obviously their implementation would be deadly and evil. But they see through this just as much as the radical libertarian type anarchists see through it. They all they, and they've there's plenty of writing from both sides in history where they both see through the fact yes. that this is an elite it's an elite um I, i'll say cabal but it's a marriage between the political power and economic wealth and it's always yes. a marriage between political power and economic wealth and that marriage um is always used to try and remove i basically try and turn turn regular people into tax animals tax cattle like yes that's that's what it's always used for right um yes. this is why the rothschilds the rothschilds for example lend money to governments based on i mean it's kind of like sports betting right uh we really briefly before the show started beverly was talking about uh fantasy football the rothschilds kind of play fantasy football with countries and they have always they're like okay this guy seems like he'll be able to maintain power and extract money from the tax base over the next 20 years. I will loan his army money so yes. that he can take power. And as long as I think he's able to pay me back more because he can control the tax cattle, I'll continue to support him. And the minute I don't, I'll support his enemy. Uh, and like his enemy is doing a better job of reaping the rewards of the tax cattle. So I'm going to support his enemy now. And that's how a lot of this uh, I mean, I know it sounds kind of conspiratorial, but it's just, I mean, you can just kind of look up history of how how these these wars are funded, how governments are funded, how revolutions are funded. It's all like this, and it's all people funding whatever they think will get them a better return, and that is generally who is yeah. the more efficient Attila the Hun. And yeah. if it's if a democratic system... If, maybe it's better tax farm than a than a pure dictator they'll support that system it doesn't matter they just want yes. to amass more money that's all they want yes you you made me think of I, I can't remember who said this it might have been my husband was talking about this have you seen this is kind of a silly movie carter but have you seen the movie rat race uh no it's i don't know maybe 10 years old i don't know how old it is but it's where all of it's it's a funny movie it's a comedy and I think John Cleese is in it. And Mr. Bean, the guy that plays Mr. Bean is in it. Oh, anyway, so the premise of the movie is all of these billionaires, these these kind of political and, and class elite, they they get tired of just betting on regular bets at Vegas. And so they, they, they design a, a reality show competition where they bring in these people and they say, hey, we've put a million dollars in this vault or something in this tiny town. And all of you people have been selected and whoever gets there first gets to keep the million dollars. It's sort of like, uh, I think there is a reality show sort of like that. I forget the name of it, but where people are traveling all around anyway. So in the movie, you see the people are all excited. I got selected for this reality show. I'm going to go win the million dollars. But what's really happening is all the very wealthy people are watching them. They have cameras on all of them and they're taking bets on, not just who's going to get to the million dollars, but they're taking bets on who's going to get derailed or killed or, you know, get, they have like all these side bets and it's just a way for them to get kind of pleasure from watching these peons, watching these peasants go after this 
and be very cutthroat to get this million dollars. So somebody was saying to me, it's it's almost like we're in that movie that it was just a comedy, but you know, you've got all these very wealthy, powerful elite sort of you could imagine maybe taking some kind of perverse pleasure from seeing how the population responds to different measures. And I don't know, it's just a funny, it's a funny way yeah. of looking at what's going on right now, maybe. Yeah. And, and I, and you know, the sad thing about it from, from my perspective is that not only do people kind of get duped by this time and time again, historically, but also the, the politicians in charge. So imagine my analogy, you're like you're, you're paying it till the hunt to, you know, fight, fight the war or whatever, and, and build the tax farm, collect money from the cattle, the cattle blame, like each other, like they're told, Oh, the problem is these capitalists, right? It, the problem is the capitalist making money. It's the, it's the evil capitalist. The politicians are good and they care about you. Like, the <laughs> are, like they're the ones, they're the ones borrowing against your future and your child's future, promising that you are their slave and they will make you work enough to pay back the banker. Th yeah. That's who those people are. And yet time and time again, um, they the banker almost never gets mentioned. Almost no one says like, hey, it's the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. Like maybe some Never. people talk a little bit about, rarely do they get mentioned or pulled into this. Usually it's like, it's that it's that cow who's very, very productive, right? It's the one, it's the, uh, I mean, even let's pick on someone that a lot of people don't like. It's Mark Zuckerberg, it's his fault. It's like, well, maybe now that he's a billionaire and has, has built Facebook and is this powerful, Maybe now he's involved in the, in the, in the lie, but getting there, he's not, he didn't like, it's not because he's rich. That's the problem. It's not because he was smart and successful. That's not, the issue is not, not that problem. people have freedom to be smart, smart and successful. The issue is that there's farmers that you stupidly keep voting for, that you stupidly, stupidly keep voting for thinking this farmer cares about me and he'll make sure that this my life will be better. He doesn't. They never do. Stop. The only people who care about you are people who are willing to say, I will leave you the hell alone. Just leave me alone. Those yes. are the only people that care about you. Yes. The only ones, the only ones, the only ones who care are the people who are willing to say, I will, I am willing to leave you alone, even if I don't like what you're doing. Even if I think it's vile and stupid and ugly and self-destructive, I will leave you alone. Alone. Yeah. Those Not are the only happen. people that care. They're the only people that respect you. The only ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to say. I, I want to, yeah. no, no. I was just, I was just thinking about, again, uh, that, that movie I've told you about before. It's another funny movie you have to watch. So I married an ax murderer. Where his oh, dad. Oh, I have watched that. Oh, you have? Remember his dad? Because, because of you. <laughs> the get he's like, it's a well-known fact. The world is run by a secret, with a secret organization called the Pentaveret. <laughs> yeah. And he starts naming them the Gettys, the Rothschilds, the Vatican, the Queen, and the Colonel Sanders. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I one thing I wanted to talk about that's kind of a big picture thing. I was thinking about maybe you'll let me tease this out for a minute or two, Carter. I, I sent you guys a screenshot. Um, 
you know, as we've been talking about these vaccine mandates, uh, I've been getting lots of messages from people who are who are, are contemplating losing their jobs, okay? And a lot of the ones I'm getting are actually people saying they're not going, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to take it, that they're going to lose their job and they're coming to grips with this and they're grieving, right? This is from a friend whose family member, they're both figuring out what to do. And I, and I blacked out any identifying stuff here, but um, this is from her family member and it says, man, you might just have to get the vaccine at the end of the, at the end of this, what's worse, losing everything you worked for. It sucks, but now that I'm in this position, if I can't find a better job, I have no choice but to get the vaccine. I'm not going to lose everything and be poor and miserable. Uh, So-and-so is right. If I don't get the vaccine over this, they're going to start attacking other things that will eventually force me. He thinks they're going to change lending so that social score and part of your score will be based on uh, if and when you've got the vax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... They are. I, here's here's what I I kind of wanted to t- talk about this and tease this out a bit. Carter is is sure. that this is a person who's awake. First of all, they're awake. They know that that they think there's a social credit score coming and all of this. Um, but but I think what they're missing here is that is that. <sighs> And I'm not judging you. People are going to make you make your own choice and everybody decides what they're willing to sacrifice and what they're not. And I'm not going to judge you. But I, I, I will say if I think you're making a short sighted decision and I think this is short sighted because if enough if enough people said no, this they wouldn't get away with this. If enough people had said no, think about a year ago when we had the arbitrary lockdowns and the mass mandates. If enough people had said no, then we wouldn't have been to a place of a vaccine mandate now where you could lose your job if you don't go along with it. And if enough people don't say no now, well, then we are going to get to that place that this person's talking about where they've got a social credit score and they t- can tie anything to that. Your vac status, what what the climate change record rating is like in your town right now, you know, whether or not you've done X, Y, Z, they're going to tie lending and all that stuff to it. Yes, they are. Because, enough of us have to say no before it gets to such a place that we can't roll all this back. And so I think it's sort of short-sighted to say, I can't lose this today um, without realizing that, that losing it today might be what's necessary to keep us and your kids and your grandkids from losing so much more in a few years or decades, you know, that we're going to lose so much more. I saw a meme the other day that said something to the effect of, your, your kids won't know what freedoms, they won't even know what those freedoms felt like or what they were mm-hmm. that we've given up. Like yeah, if we've, uh, that might've been it. Yeah, if you if they never lived with them, they won't even know. And, that, and that's the truth. That's where we're going to be at is imagine a future where everything you do, you have to get permission from the government and you have to get the right kind of papers. And, and, and so you can take that off screen, Beverly. Um, this is the la- this is the last part of what I was trying to articulate. Uh, let me make an analogy. So I am getting ready to sell uh, my house. I have to I have to sell this house so we can renovate the old one uh, that we bought. And so the first time around, I was didn't want I didn't want to listen to the realtor who said you need to do X Y and Z, get rid of all your knickknacks and your funky colored walls and all this stuff. And I was like 
why? No, like I want to sell this house and all this stuff makes the house cool. <laughs> and he was like, no, really get rid of some of this stuff and make it look like a model home, like a, you know, where they stage it and everything. And mm -hmm. I was uh, no. Okay. Well, now I've learned my lesson and I started watching these shows and I was watching this one show called sell this house where they bring people in and they have hidden cameras and they show the seller, they show the seller all the buy, what the buyers are saying. And I watched this one episode where it, looked like a cool apartment to me, but person after person was coming in and they were going, Oh, I don't like these orange walls. Oh no, I would never buy this house. Oh, I don't like what they did with all the plants here. You know, and the artwork is creepy. I would never buy this house. And I couldn't believe it. I thought, Oh, most people don't have an imagination. <laughs> they can't imagine it without all of this. They can't imagine it without the orange walls and without the plants and stuff. Well, right? also, most people can't pass the the broccoli Cheerios test, right? Just because you like it doesn't mean that other well they, that they do with kids, right? When you're really little, the scientist comes in and they have Cheerios and they, the kid watches and they have broccoli and the kid like they give the kid some broccoli. He doesn't want the broccoli and they give the kid some Cheerios and he wants some Cheerios, right? And then the scientist shows the scientist demonstrates the kid offers some Cheerios and the scientist is like, ah, oh, I, don't, I don't like Cheerios. And like takes the broccoli and is like, ooh, I really like the broccoli. Well, there's an age before which the kid doesn't understand that the other person might like broccoli. I don't like broccoli, therefore everyone can't like broccoli. And like right. it, it takes a certain amount of development to be able to get to the point where you realize actually I don't like broccoli, but that person might like broccoli. Right. And well, that's what you're experiencing. <laughs> like you have well, a particular taste. There's a reason though, that, that real estate agents have developed the way to make a model home. It's the most bland, attractive thing to the most number of people. And that might not be attractive to you, but not that's at all. What works. But here's the, but here's my point. Let, let me, cause that's getting away from the point I wanted to make with this analogy, although I agree okay. with you. So the analogy is that they don't have an imagination. Most people, I guess, walk into a house and they can't imagine it. Like the house I bought was decaying and decrepit and there's crazy wallpaper from the, from 1914 and there's, mm -hmm. there's lots of furniture in it. But I, I took a friend through and I was showing her, this is what we're going to do with this room and this room. We're going to tear this wall down. We're going to do this. And she said, wow, I couldn't even imagine that. Like I would never have bought this house because I can't imagine what's in your head. But with you telling me, I can see it. And so I started thinking about if most people can't imagine other than what's right in front of them, it's sort of similar with what we're going through as a country. Like maybe, maybe there's an analogy to be drawn there where a lot of people I talk to who are still asleep, they can only see Carter, like the, they can only see what the, what the vaccine passport or the mandate or whatever's happening right now. They can only see what the cathedral's telling them this is about. So they can only talk to you about what's right in front of them. Like, well, this is about protecting people and da da da. And we need to get more people vaccinated because of the COVID. They can't see, they have trouble with their imagination seeing how this vaccine passport could be used for other things. So let me paint you a picture if you can't imagine. They've already told us they're going to, with climate change, Justin Trudeau said, he said it outright, everything we've learned from our COVID policies, we're gonna apply it to climate change. So flash forward, imagine five years from now, you wake up, your city has, oh, what, what's our virus rating today? Oh, our, our COVID, our Delta or whatever at that point, our Lambda 
Zeta, whatever. Our rating today is four. Oh, and what's our climate change rating? Our rating for climate change today is five. That means if you're if you're not in an essential job, you can't go to work today because climate change is so bad. You can't be spending the fossil fuels and you can't go to work and you can't go shopping until you're in a climate change rating of three, unless you're this level of worker and you have to have your papers if you're out on the street. Right. And they're going to check it because basically you, climate change is real. This, this, this is a lack of imagination. I think some people have for seeing where things lead. And we've talked about that before in other ways, like the difference between like some people are just nearsighted. They, they can't see far out, like where this could go. But uh, I, I, I guess I just something something changed in my mind when I was thinking about the lack of imagination when it comes to houses. <laughs> and I was like, well, if, the, if this person can't see past the orange paint on the walls, like, why am I thinking that? Why am I expecting they should be able to see where a vaccine passport might lead? You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I know it was a long, but. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and to some extent, you're preaching to the choir because I think most people can't see that. Um and uh, most people can't see that principles have long-term consequences and the application of, like, again, we could get back to Thomas Sowell. Most people were like, he's crazy to say that it would go blah, 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 blah. He's just, you, you know, he's been saying this forever and it's old hat. Hmm? You just couldn't see it. He could because yeah. he understood that, that principles, when, when the wrong principles are applied, there is a consequence, and that consequence doesn't happen tomorrow. It happens decades later, decades, maybe even longer. And I think, I think one of the inherent problems with democracy, not that I've got lots of solutions that aren't democracy, but one of the inherent, inherent problems with democracy is people do not have 200-year visions. Most people can't see that if we compromise this tiny principle now, our great-great-grandchildren will be thrown onto boxcars. They can't see it. Can't. They think it's crazy. They think you're insane. Yeah. It's just one little thing. You got to be pragmatic. You got to be practical. What's wrong with you? You're a fucking crazy person. That's the attitude of most people. And that's why they shouldn't be in charge of politics. <laughs> like I don't know exactly the answer, but like this is one of the reasons why running around saying democracy is the answer is is just dumb like at least the founding fathers had the foresight to realize democracy sucked and they tried to like <laughs> corral it in some way with the constitutional republic and be like all right how can we stop these idiots from destroying the country for as long as possible like and yeah i'm referring to most people as idiots and i don't mean that in a like i, I guess that can sound kind of arrogant or whatever i don't think they're idiots about most things but they are when it comes to long-term consequences of of their yeah. voting decisions. They are. And I don't think there's any evidence in history that a large percentage of any population anywhere ever in history has been good at making long-term decisions. Yeah. They just don't. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, But, you know, I have noticed some people who a year and a half ago when we were making, we were trying to illustrate this for people and give them the blank room and let them imagine mm -hmm. and say, when we were trying to make this analogy and say, Oh yeah, just close down your business. Ah, just put on a mask. Ah, just take a vaccine. Ah, just get on a box car there. I've, I know specific people who objected to me sharing a meme like that a year and a half ago who now get it and who are now sharing memes like that. <laughs> 
because it, sure. but it I took mean, more of the picture. They had to see more of the picture first. Right. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, eventually you won't need that much intelligence because they'll be literally pushing you on the boxcar and you'll be like, oh, yeah. this is where being pushed on the box. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It leads to getting pushed on a boxcar. Yeah, sure. It, at some point, things are so imminent that like it's obvious even to the most retarded people on the planet. But like, you know, that's less than helpful at that moment. The longer, the, the more in advance you can see it, the more you can do to change it. Um, and and the, the problem that I'd love to crack for humanity, which I don't, I don't know the answer to, is how do you get people 100 years ahead of time to understand that the decisions, like how do you get, how do you get them to understand that 100 year time horizon, 200 year time horizon? How do you get them to see that behaving in accordance with principles is not only good for your life ultimately, just in a very selfish way, but also the lives of your children and grandchildren and after that and like that, that you can't you can't succumb to bad ideology or pragmatism or you can't compromise with a little bit of poison. Like it does eventually kill you. Um yeah. and I don't know the answer to how to get people to understand that. It's not better schooling if it's government schools. Man, maybe it's better schooling if, if you know we as a culture somehow embrace better ideas, but it's certainly not, you know, better government schools. So I think it might be art. Just one last thought. I mean, we've talked about this before, but there's a scaling problem. There's a funding problem with, um, so right now, this won't always be the case. I think I'm very hopeful, but right now there's a problem with trying to work outside the system to make big budget movies. Of course, big budgets. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've seen people successfully work outside the system in comic books, um, video games, I think, uh, anime, mm -hmm. and books. People write, you know, fiction. But we haven't yet seen it with movies, like big budget movies. And uh, I was talking with a friend who's a screenwriter recently, and he was he has oh he has such a great idea, <laughs> and he's sort of in the he's sort of in the closet in the system but he knows he can't get made in the system. Mm -hmm. And we were just sort of talking about if a, if a movie like this came out, he's got a great wrong thinker plot, but a lot of it is sort of based on where we're at and extrapolating. It's painting that vision for people. It's giving people that vision of what could happen. And I think something like that could help because think about a lot of the leftists, they, they respond to things like the handmaid's tale, which has been completely bastardized and turned into some, something that it wasn't the still Margaret Atwood, one of my favorite writers, that book's one of my favorite books, but everything past the end of season one is just a complete SJW fever dream that demonizes American conservatives. And it's just, it's just awful, but they respond to that. Well, they, they all watch that show and they're all like, Oh my gosh, this is where we're heading. This is where conservatives want us. This <laughs> no, they don't No, they don't, but they believe that. And I think if somebody could show them a dystop a different kind of dystopia, they're not used to seeing a dystopia where where they're the bad guys. And if somebody could show that well, to them, I I don't think it would work. Uh, really, I think it might at best it would work for a brief moment. I mean, I'll just I'll look. I I looked up. You were talking about grief, so I guess there's a, I guess there's two different models. This is the five stages of grief model. I know there's a seven stages of grief model, but denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Um. 
I think if you're just if you're in the moment where you're still trying to save the United States in its current political uh, manifestation, you're still in the denial phase. <laughs> you're still in the denial phase. I enjoy the anger, bargaining, depression phases. That's good. <laughs> um, like, I guess that will be nice. The anger will be fun to watch you guys be angry. Like, you get all angry, get incensed. Oh my God, there's a social credit system. Great, you get angry about that, that's nice. Let me know when you come to acceptance because once you come to acceptance, then you start asking questions about, okay, great, what do I do? How do I move forward? The, the values still matter, the ideas that built America still matter. There are a lot of people who care about them still. The current structure is not going to last. There's zero evidence really to suggest that it would last. So, okay, what do we do? And I think, I think you start getting other, you start answering questions differently at that point. You start to realize that actually um, child rearing is one of the most important things you can do. Like the kids, can you convince a 40 year old who is a staunch Marxist by showing him a cool sci-fi movie with a dystopia? No, there's plenty of books. I mean, he could have been reading Robert Heinlein this whole time, like making a <laughs> making some dystopia. He can't even, these are people who read 1984 and still don't understand that, that, that they're implementing it, right? So- They don't even like, read 1984 though, they don't. They don't read The Handmaid's Tale either. Okay, but, but my point is it's very, but a kid, you can inoculate a kid to this by basically teaching them how to um, reject authority, to use their own judgment and their own minds to rely on reason, and you can teach them uh, a moral code that's based on individual rights and self-ownership so that they will grow up to be the kind of person who will say, I will leave you alone. Um, you start, so you start to look at those kind of answers. You start to say, well, actually, my community of friends matters a hell of a lot. You start to read books like... Um, anti-fragile and say, okay, well, if things are going to fall apart, do I want my sole source of income be coming from Google? Because that's probably not going to go well for me. You start looking at things like agorism. Right. You start stopping spending money on a bunch of crap you don't need. You probably spend, most people listening to this, probably spend two or three times the amount they need to a month on living, right? And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'll throw myself in that category, right? Like, not, not, I'm not saying that as a, as a, a slight, but look, we can start to live in a way that doesn't tie our existence and happiness into the system as closely as we have been, right? Right. If you are, if you've got a big mortgage and you borrow money for cars and you've got one source of income and that source, of, and, and if that source of income went away, you would kind of be screwed. You're stuck. You're stuck. But if you've got four different sources of income and they're all kind of little, but they kind of add up or whatever, and you you know how to live, be you know within your means, and you don't have a mortgage, and yes. everything you buy with is in cash, there's not a lot they can do. To yes, you. you're a lot more free, and especially if you've got a friend network that's not going to reject you when the next government mandate for X, Y, and Z comes out. They're not going to reject you as non-compliant. If you've got friends who are wrong thinkers who will say, oh, you know what, you've fallen on hard times, or you need help or whatever, yes. we're part of your network and we're here. I mean, I guess the other strategy is you could just go balls to the wall, try and make a billion dollars and then invest in a diversified fashion and also you would be protected. So I, I guess there's another strategy there, but um, you know, you need to start asking 
because you need to stop if you start with the assumption that the current political system is going to become china it is going to become the social credit system isn't it it's not a metaphor it's not a scare tactic it is a reality it is going to come once you accept that you start making different decisions about how to live your life and i think better decisions yeah i think i think uh, i would recommend everyone read if they haven't especially if they're like me if they're late bloomers and there are certain things that don't come naturally to them certain ways of thinking and i, I or, or if they're bad with money if they haven't really thought about credit before and credit cards and and how they spend and stuff Tamara from our book club sent me Dave Ramsey a few years ago, a couple years ago, and it helped me so much. I went to a good school. I went to Duke University, but I never learned about managing money. I never learned about credit cards. And it's naturally not the way what my mind was interested in or consumed with. And so, again, late bloomer to that, figuring all that stuff out. And it helped me fix my life and turn my life around. I would recommend people read a Dave Ramsey book if they're if they're having any kind of Why trouble. would a school that wants you to borrow $80,000 over four years so that you can right. pay it back for the next 20 <laughs> years of your life teach you about economic sensibility? Why would they teach you to be frugal? Like, there's no incentive for them to teach you how to run your life financially. Because if you were, you would drop that school in a heartbeat. I think it was more like 180000 Whatever. But, yeah. I yeah. Know. I don't know what Duke cost. <laughs> Pen was expensive. and It's like, a lot yeah. more now. I can tell you that. It's a lot more than it was 20 years ago or whatever. But um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so anyway, I, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And actually, let me answer this super chat from G-Man. G-Man says, Carrie, why are you moving into a house that needs to be renovated? Just stay in the one that's already fixed up and has funky colored walls. That is a great question. Here's why. Uh, number one, I got married and my husband moved into this. My house is little and I have a housemate and I frequently have lots of housemates, like friends, anybody falls on hard times. At some point I have to quit. One of my previous housemates was like, quit saying, you're like the house of, uh, uh, what was that? The Island of Misfit Toys. I'm like, yeah, just come stay with me. Oh. Um, and so I need more space. We need more space. And so this house is bigger. So that's one thing, but here's the big thing. It's further outside the city. And I am thinking about where the world is going. I am using my imagination about how bad things could get. And I want to get even further outside of Austin. And this is further outside. And, um, you know, there are other things we can do with a bigger space that are going to, we're going to have a podcast room once we get it fixed. Like, we're going to have a podcast room. He's going to have a music studio. There are practical things. And we want to be able to have to grow vegetables and, you know, do some of the stuff that Beverly's doing, not full on ducks. We're not getting ducks, but I do want to grow some of my own food. There are things that I can't do here. So I am thinking about the future. I am going to get a generator like Carter talks about, you know, we are planning for all the things that we're going to need to be able to, if we have to, survive despite whatever social credit system, you know, of course we're going to be on the wrong list. So <laughs> like I have to be able to do that. And I already do that with jobs. Like, as you were saying, what I would say to people who are afraid of losing these very lucrative careers, we already stepped, I stepped away from a very lucrative career. Carter stepped away from uh, lucrative opportunities, put it that way. And careers? yeah, sure. Careers and part of that is because it doesn't mean you work for someone. It's okay. Like it's cool. right. I stepped away. We yeah. wanted to be able to say what we wanted to. So we spoke away. We spoke away. We walked away because of uh, 
because of wokeness intruding. But now it's something different. Now people are having to make this decision. A lot more people are having to make this decision because it is a, it is related to wokeness, but it's it's more specifically the the vax mandate. It's about the government saying we own you, we're going to force you to comply. And so now people are forced in this position of saying, wait a minute, does the government own me or not? Should I keep doing this job or not? And I would say, if you walk away from those very lucrative careers, it yes, this, you're going to have different challenges and struggles. But if you're an industrious person, like you can make it work. I believe in you. I work a lot of gig jobs, a lot of them. And I may, I still make, I make a lot less money than I did in entertainment, but I survive and I have fun and I'm pretty much off the, off the grid in some ways, you know, like uh, you can, you can make up that, you can make up enough money to live, especially if, if Carter's, as he's talking about, you budget down and you figure out what you actually need and what's just frivolous. I don't know. I'm encouraging you to take a, if you believe in, bodily autonomy. And if you don't want to take this vax for whatever reason, you know, I'm just saying, I think you can survive. I think you can find out other way, alternative ways. That's me. And I think it might be better for you. Think about if you, if you, if you comply, okay, now they own you. And also now, you know what your price tag is. You know, this is the thing I fear losing so much that you can control me. I fear losing this thing. I'm going to let you control me because of this thing. It feels so good to get rid of those shackles. I don't care what those shackles are. It feels so good to be like, there's nothing I fear that you can take away from me. That's going to make me bend my knee. Also, I'll sell Lula Rowe. <laughs> Kidding. I just saw that documentary. Uh, I'll sell flowers on the street, you know, before I let you do that. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make a pitch for one other thing. Uh, but it's gonna be a hard pitch. So I don't know how to being an entrepreneur sucks and you should do it and you'll probably lose money, but you should do yeah. it. Um, because, and you should teach your kids to do it because, um, the disparate skill set that you need to master in order to be mildly successful in an as an entrepreneur is um, is what's going to help. Like when everything falls apart, you want those skills, right? Um, and it's not easy by any means, and it's not a get rich quick. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it will be easy to own my own business." It is not easy. To, it's like worse than anything to own your own business. It really sucks. But um, that skill set is invaluable. And if the world fall apart, fell apart tomorrow and all you could do was sell turnips, knowing how to run a business to sell turnips, even if you've never sold turnips before, like knowing how to run a business helps, right? Knowing how to do that from scratch helps. Um, if all you've ever done is worked for someone else's turnip stand. At least you've... It's going to be really tough for you to start selling turnips, right? Yeah. Or anything. Um, so... Let me tell you about... Uh, I think there's a great lesson there for kid, by the way. Just to, yeah. as your kid gets older, I did it like when I was when I was in junior high school, whatever. I, like I started mowing lawns and then like started my own little quote business. Like having your kid have to do their own business... Um, 
and and teaching them entrepreneurship, the basics of entrepreneurship, and learning it yourself if you haven't, is one of the most valuable things you can do for the financial security of your family. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, this is not a super chat. It's a, a chat. I want to make sure. Oh, Christine. Christine Tucher says, kind of hard to leave a career when you're close to retirement. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, that's why, Christine, I don't, like I said, I don't judge any decision people make. Everybody's in their own individual situation. I don't know their situation. I'm not in it. And, and only you can be the best judge. I'm just saying for people who are considering it and who want advice, I'm going to, and who have fears about leaving that thing. And maybe they're not in the same situation as you. Maybe they're not close to retirement or, or whatever your unique situation is. I'm, I'm encouraging them to, to push past those fears. That's it. That's all. And if they don't, that's okay. I'm not judging them. There are plenty of people who in retirement started side businesses and they ended up like becoming their income. So uh, I'm not like, I guess I will judge you only in the sense that like, I'll judge you for being defensive about it. Like no one's telling you what you have to do. I'm, we're just giving advice and saying, well, I'm close to retirement. So therefore your advice is irrelevant. That's just not true. That's just an excuse. Plenty of people have started side businesses and turned hobbies into businesses and done plenty of things late in life. Um, and you know, you can certainly implement the, you can read anti-fragile when you're 65, you can implant uh, a lot of the stuff when you're older, there's no, there's no rule that like, well, I'm stuck with it. Therefore, none of this applies. It still applies. Yeah. You make different decisions. Maybe you don't quit your job tomorrow whatever. Maybe you, you know, you do other things, but yeah. Um, wow. Listen to this. This is not a super chat, but this person says I'm being forced to wear a mask in, in class at my university, though I am fully vaccinated. I was sent information on how to relax with a mask on with my anxiety. This is not helpful. <laughs> wow. Screw that university. Screw them. The other thing I would say is some people are going to have to sue. Okay. We know Daily Wire is suing. There's some company suing. There's going to be class action lawsuits. And uh, I have a list of lawyers who I'm not going to make it public but I, w- I wonder how we can do this. If you need help, if you need legal help, maybe email speak at unsafespace.com. I could send the list out to you. Uh, I just don't want to post it publicly with all these, you know, anyway. Yeah. Somebody's, these things are going around now. People are sharing information now. Here's lawyers state by state who will help, you know. Um, some yeah, people can are I make a distinction there? Yeah. There's a difference between being able to like make decisions about how to live your life moving forward and plan for like having that acceptance and planning and then what you do to decide to fight. And I would put the lawsuit in the fight category. It's not going to make your life easier. Suing someone will not solve your problems at all. That's a thing you're going to do as a, I also, in addition to solving my problems, I also want to fight this injustice, and this is the way that I choose to fight the injustice. Uh, I like I, I just I don't think that lawsuits are going to actually help you, but they might. You might help other people. You might actually make a difference. You might slow down the the march towards totalitarianism. Like you might make a difference, but uh, probably you're not going to you're still going to have the employment problem, for example. See, Um, I think this is dependent upon whether one agrees with you that the America that we know in its current manifestation is over or not. 
And of course, you, it you think it is. And I am still on the fence. Some days I think it is, other days I think it's not. And here's something interesting. I, I should talk to you about this offline. But I have two friends who I really respect who are fully awake. And I think you're friends with one of them. And they they see everything we see. Mm-hmm. And they see what's coming, but they don't think this experiment's over yet. And they have a different opinion on what we should do. So I, I was thinking about we should talk to them at some point just to understand that better. Sure. Um, but, sure. but yeah, yeah I, mean, but I, think, I, I started this by saying, yeah. I think this is the way these are the stages of right. grief come out the other yeah, side. If you're still in denial, I mean, it's possible to be in denial because I'm wrong. And actually, it's not going to die. And you denial is the right place to be because... It's a falsehood that's being denied, right? Like, okay, uh, the, on, the only the only counter argument I'll make is I didn't just wake up, right? I mean, I, I have been saying that this progression in some form will be happening for 20 years. Thomas Sowell's been saying it for longer. People before him have been saying it for longer. There are plenty of people who, d- did they predict this exact manifestation no did they predict this slide into totalitarianism based on bad ideology 100 and i'm not trying to toot my horn but because i didn't invent it i read people and said that makes sense like but yeah it's been predicted this isn't like so if you just woke up and your your goal is to get us back to the 90s i i think you're being a pollyanna I, I don't think you understand the, well, the one of these actual reasons why we're here. One of these people has been awake forever. And they're okay, great. So their yeah. mom escaped communism. And it's, it's just an interesting, I mean, because I am on the fence, I find it interesting. I guess sure. I want to hear from people who, and, and it surprised me that someone could be fully awake with the eyes wide open and still think it's the wrong decision to try and deceive or, or whatever. So, um, but I hear you. Yeah, that's um, fine. Um, and it, it'll be a good conversation to have because, uh, look, ultimately, um, I adamantly fight what I believe is true. But ultimately, a reason is my like my guide. If if I'm convinced using rational arguments that I'm wrong, I'll change my mind. Right. I I do love the ideas upon which the nation was founded, and I want to save those ideas. That's my motivation. Right. If someone convinces me that they can be saved in America as a whole, rather than like some subset of America, great, great. I just, you know, that's not where that's. I I've processed and accepted that that's not the case. Um. So, um. All right. Let's do some super chats because we got some super okay. chats. Uh. Penumbra Syndicate says, as we explore new dividing classes, it is implied that eventually they will ask their neighbors to turn on each other. Should we consolidate friends? Yes, we should consolidate friends. Uh, I am a huge fan of pruning your garden or whatever whatever analogy you want to use. Um, It is not selfish. Look, friendship is not a a zero-sum game. You should be friends with people who provide more value than you have to put in. And they should get more value than they put in. That's like, there should be value, like that value exchange should be net positive. And if it's not, get the fuck rid of the friend. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Um, 
G-Man, Carrie, why are you moving into the house that needs to be renovated? Oh, we read that one. You said that. Uh, Mick says, Carrie, when are you back on FNTs with Heel versus Babyface? Aw, I'm not sure yet, but I love Heel versus Babyface. He gives me such good feelings. Somebody told me, actually, somebody I really respect who I want to have on our show, an interview who's on the left, who agrees with me on a lot, but not on everything. And I think that'll be an interesting conversation. Anyway, this person was saying, you know, so many of the you wrong the wrong thinkers can be very mean though. And I said, What do you mean? And he thinks you're mean, Carter. And he also thinks heel versus babyface is mean. And I don't actually I guess I, I was trying to put myself in a position of someone, my old self, if I were watching our show, what would I think? And mm -hmm. I I still just can't quite grasp it like like there's nothing about as that's mean, <laughs> is there? He's well, like, I think super people use mean sweet. no I, people use the word mean to um to mean hard like like having like being firm is not the same as being mean mean is like taking pleasure in the upset of other people right standing firm and advocating seriously uh and saying no that does not make you mean that makes right. you firm and principled and I a lot it's... of people are, don't like that. And so what they will do is throw out words like, you're mean. And what they mean is, your principles hurt my feelings. And yeah, I don't care. But that doesn't make me mean. That just I makes me actually, someone who cares about principles. I think it's actually some of the mockery. And so it, I think from that side. Okay, so some of the mockery. It, do, it does, yeah. Some of the mockery. Okay, is, seems, the mockery right. is sometimes mean. That is true. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But I don't. I don't think... And and maybe this is what he's getting at. I don't care. Like I, I like I'm sorry. I just don't care. I like I because some people deserve to be mocked. Some ideas deserve to be mocked. I agree. I, I like that's the world I want to live in. I would I rather I, I you know, I it's like you Plus, you, ma you made thing. fun of this totalitarian dictator. You made fun of Kim Jong un. Yes. Yeah. He deserves to be mocked, yes. But you can also tell when a person has, th this is why it was weird to me is because I can tell when, it, I, I mean, I think I can, I think I have a good gut. I can tell when a person is genuinely a sweet, kind, generous teddy bear <laughs> who, who can make cutting, mocking, mean comedy, but they're fun, but they're doing it from a place of being good, like doing good. So anyway. Well, I, yeah, again, it's just this feelings-oriented thing where, like, you say things that upset me, therefore you're mean or bad or you don't have empathy. And, I mean, I've made this argument before. Um, if Look, I, I'll, I actually sa I said this earlier in the show. If you genuinely care about people, you're willing to leave them alone. And I'm arguing my ass off to tell you to leave other people alone. That's caring. That's what empathy looks like. I care that other people don't get forced to do things that they don't want to do. It's not anyone else's business and I'm fighting for it. And will I mock people that stand in the way and use bad arguments to say that you should be forced to do blah, blah, blah. Fuck yeah, I'm going to mock them. But I'm not mocking them because I'm being mean. I'm mocking them because I actually care about humans and think they should be left alone. Yeah. People should be left alone and righteous anger is not mean. And by the way, someone in chat said I was blackpilled. I'm not blackpilled. I was blackpilled on that grief thing. I was blackpilled when I got to depression. But once <laughs> yeah. you hit acceptance, then you're not blackpilled. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, then you're in the white. Then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, all this stuff is going wrong. Yes, that's bad. And I have a life. Uh, there are principles that matter. There are other people around that share those principles. The 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 critical mass, there, like there's a mass of people, mostly in the United States, who care about this stuff and want to fight it and want to be part of a community of like-minded individuals. And like, that's the white pill. You know, white pill doesn't mean you're in denial you're... that America is dying and politically. Like that's not white right. pill. And black pill doesn't mean you claim America's dying. It means that you're pessimistic about the future. I'm only yes. pessimistic about the political future and politics is nothing. Politics, how much does what's going on in Washington actually affect you? What matters is your neighbors and the people around you and the life you build and the life you build with your family and how your kids' lives are. That's what matters. And that you still have a chance to make good. Yeah. I, I think you are mostly, as somebody says, you're mostly white-pilled. And, and if Carter didn't, if Carter was black-pilled, to me, black-pilled means, you, like you said, you're pessimistic and you've given up on any on any future. It's almost like a kind of, it is nihilism. Carter's not yeah. a nihilist. Otherwise, he wouldn't even be spending be time the doing show. this show. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like. <laughs> right? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be out, like, storing ammo in my silo somewhere, right? Like, I would, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, more super chats. All right, sorry. Yeah, do some super chats. Uh, I get riled up on that one. Swiftner <laughs> says, Civil War II, the war of federal oppression. Now we have a republic of free states, comparatively, and oppressed territory. Some free countries and towns, etc., still exist inside oppressed territory. Yeah, and I think getting those relatively free peoples together in some way is the way out. We've talked about secession. I'm not even necessarily saying secession, but like that's that treasure trove of people. And look, we should be allowed to voluntarily disassociate from what's going on in Washington, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be allowed to say, hey, for this group of people over here, we don't want your rules. We don't want your protection. We don't want, we don't want anything from you. We want to be left alone. We're going to have our own little society. Leave us alone. We're not going to bother you. Don't come over here if you're worried about COVID, but whatever. <laughs> like, we're we're not going to bother you. We're gonna we're gonna do our thing. We're gonna leave each other alone. We're gonna leave you alone. Like, that's a very peaceful and reasonable request. And there are plenty of people yeah. who would be in, who would be down to do that. Yeah. Uh. All right, Mandy. Mandy says Carter's in Carrie's house right now. Same colored walls behind you both. Carrie, <laughs> sorry, Carter taking Carrie's bandwidth makes total sense now. Exposed. Yeah, you caught us, Mandy. Um, Swift. Well, I have to make sure I what? paint my walls this color in my new podcast rooms. It continues to look like where I'm looking. They are very, very similar. Yours They're are very similar. Lighter, but mine's very, called very Clear similar. Pond. What's yours called? I have no idea. Blue. Oh, I know the I know the name <laughs> of every color in my house. Mine are called is also blue. a good color. <laughs> uh, Swiftner says. Am now largely consolidated in free country. Nothing I own is left in oppressed territory. Friends trapped back there asked me to source mineral pills for their freedom mineral particle accelerators. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot of friends moving to free country um, in addition, and I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, one more um, from Swiftner. My past week in free country has been such a relief. Folks here, such a pleasure to meet. Civil discourse, respect for natural, human, and civil rights still exist here. Make emergency vacation plans. 
I was just in Wyoming recently visiting a friend, and it was a delight to be in Wyoming. <laughs> it was like, it was free country. In fact, my friend, he was doing something with the house there, and he asked the contractor, he asked the contractor to install a security system. And the contractor said, a what? And he said, a security system. And the contractor said to him, don't you have a gun? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I, I do have a gun. He's like, just get a gun. What's your problem? <laughs> so that's the kind of free country I like. That's good. Okay, so I have a super chat. This is a star chat. You guys can also do tips oh, on subscribe star if you want and bypass YouTube. And so someone gave us a star chat. This is from Chip Chairman. He says, are either mm -hmm. of you going to the Tom Woods 2000th episode? I wasn't aware that was happening, so I don't know. I'll think about I'm it. I'm <laughs> aware that it's happening. Uh, I don't remember where. Is it like in Florida or somewhere? I think it's probably in Florida. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going oh. because oh. Um, I'm not traveling because Carter's I having have a child due in about a month. So Baby. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So. Um, oh, by the way, also in Wyoming. <laughs> Like down the road, I love this. Down the road, you're driving down the road, houses, normal houses, you pass a house with their pistol shooting range in the front yard, which I absolutely <laughs> love. It's like, uh, <laughs> I saw a place like that. You're not going to rob that house. <laughs> we were just in Idaho, and I drove by a place in the middle of the nowhere in the boonies that had. <laughs> Targets right out front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just shooting. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> um, okay. Cheeky Mare says, beating around the bush is being nice. And she says in quotes, but I believe it's a gateway drug to PC culture. We should have been more like Carter in the 90s. Be blunt. I love that you said that uh, earlier. You said uh, you made that, that comment before, Cheeky, of... Uh, being nice is the gateway drug to PC culture. And I love yeah. that idea. I think it is. Um, there's too much emphasis pressed um, on put on nice and not emphasis, not enough emphasis put on things like moral or having integrity or and like, there's too much like you hurt someone's feelings, therefore, you're wrong about something. Um, hurting feelings isn't a sin. Uh, you know, obviously, you shouldn't do it intentionally in a sadistic way. Uh, although we did just talk about mocking people who are horrible, but if they're enemies, I guess sure. Um, or truth, cheeky mirror says, or truth. Yeah, truth. <laughs> truth is a little bit more important than tact. Both would be nice, yeah. but if you can only do one, choose truth. Choose truth. Fina City Cycling gives us a super chat and says, Ahem, "Wyoming doesn't exist." And then somebody else says, this is not a super chat, but Does in the not? chat, somebody says, uh, oh, Robert says, it's very clever of Wyoming to convince people it doesn't exist so people don't go there. This yes. is a good segue. I stand to, corrected. It does not exist. It does not exist. There's no such place as Wyoming. Um, I just made that So up. one of the things I've been doing, I want to show this to you, Carter, because this is a moment of frivolity. Okay. There have been a lot of leftist memes about Texas in the past few weeks since our heartbeat bell passed. And there, I'm a part of a couple of groups about how the left left can't meme. I mean, they're pretty funny. Some, sometimes you do see a meme that works and sometimes you don't. But anyway, I've been these leftist memes are just out of control about how terrible Texas is. And I was thinking, 
wouldn't this be a great way of advertising to those people to make sure they don't come here? So let's take their own means and just don't change a thing. Just put, don't move here on the bottom and then spread it, right? Like don't move because the right people will still come and the meaning the wrong people, the wrong thinkers will still come and the left people won't come. So here, here's a couple of them. I just want to show the first three. And then the fourth one is one that a viewer made us, which is really funny, but let's start with the first three. No, not that one. Ah, sorry. Let's do that one last. Anyone listening? Fail badly. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no one saw that. Nobody, nobody saw happen, that. Terry. Nobody saw that. <laughs> Left can't meme, but we can't prevent memes. Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll distract everyone with a SAR chat. Rabbit Weasel says security system means that you have a record for it if you need to use the gun. That is a good point. Uh, okay. still got one. Oh, so okay. here's one of the leftist memes. So for anybody who's just listening at home, I'll describe it. It's a, it's a sign. And it's a picture of the main character from the Showtime version of The Handmaid's Tale. You know, it's this handmaid on a sign, a road sign that says, Welcome to Texas. Meaning, oh, Texas is the land of handmaids. Oh, it's so backwards, Sarah. So this one I just took and said, don't move here. I think this is self-explanatory. <laughs> and I've found just by putting these up, they actually work. People on, no matter their beliefs or their opinions, people think these, they think I'm being serious. I've had people on the left liking this and resharing it. And I've had people on the right responding to me as if I'm one of the leftists and they're pretty angry that I put this up. Um, they're like, why don't you just leave then? I'm like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> so here's another one. This is a meme that the leftists made of a bunch of handmaids from the handmaid's tale and they Photoshopped it to make them all wearing blue. And they put some Dallas uh, Cowboys stars on their little handmade helmets or their handmade hats and it says Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders unveiling their new uniform. So this is supposed to again be like, oh, Texas is now the handmaid's tale. So don't move mm -hmm. here, right? Uh, this one also when you put this up, you'll it really tests the IQ of people because a lot of people respond and go, that's a doctored photo. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Yeah. So weird. Uh, and then this one we've seen before. Come on, Beverly. Uh, okay, this one, pretty hardcore. Somebody took the state of Texas and they made it into the they they made it as if the state of Texas was made out of a coat hanger. Okay. When they say this is a doctored photo, do they mean hangers don't look like that, or Texas isn't made out of hanger wire? What's the <laughs> exactly. what's the protest on this one? <laughs> <laughs> so just lean into it lean into this meme. so i put don't move here and then this one is the funny one that adam made us which just made me laugh so long this weekend and it's just a picture it's just a screenshot of leatherface from texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> and it says don't move here <laughs> I just want to, like, yeah, this is what it's like here, guys. Don't come here. It's terrible. Leatherface. We got Leatherface running around with a chainsaw. I got to go, my uh, handmaid's outfits at the cleaners, but I got to go put it on after this episode. And <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you for that moment of frivolity.
No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. All right. Um, let's see. I think we're done. Oh, we have one more super chat and then we can move on. Kent says donation to Carter's diaper fund. Hope everything goes well. Love from Alberta, oh. Canada's Texas. <laughs> is, is Alberta, Canada's Texas? That's cool. That's what I've heard. It's like cowboys there and stuff. Okay. Good for Alberta. Um, all right. I think we made it through super chats. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the Willy Wonka yeah. one. Uh, two sisters and some yarn says, "Carrie, you forgot my Willy Wonka one." Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I'll have to put that one up on the next one. I'll save that one. <laughs> that was a good one well, too. <laughs> are we are we good for the day? I mean, can we can we end the show? Are we are we? Did we talk about everything that needs to be discussed right now? Is there stuff that I we really I, need to talk? There's about? a lot that we probably need to talk about, but we can do it another time. I mean. I don't know. The Democrats are, you know, passing more tax plans and blah blah blah. It's, you know, as as a as an example of you lost this battle a long time ago. Uh, when as soon as you agreed that the government has the right to take one percent of your money, you agreed that it's not your money. So stop bitching about taxes. Like you, I'll bitch about increased taxes too. I agree they're horrible, uh, but you know, precedent's been set. That's how it works. <gasps> Oh my goodness! Um, oh, look. Adam. Adam says yeah. this is the last super chat before I get married. Congratulations! Oh How cool is that? Woohoo, Adam! If you guys haven't seen it, we did an interview. I did an interview with Adam. You can check it out on our main channel. Adam Coleman. He's the author of Black Victim to Black Victor, and everybody tell him. Everybody tell him congratulations. I heard you're not supposed to tell the man congratulations. You're just supposed to tell the woman congratulations. Is I heard you true? were not supposed to tell the woman congratulations. You're supposed to tell the man. I heard the complete opposite. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I never know what to say to brides. I probably told you congratulations any because I was like, well, yeah, I don't, you're excited. I mean, so what do you want yeah, me to say? You can tell me yeah. congratulations. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, what is this? N. Ruth Ruff uh, says, thanks for being an oasis of sanity in a world of fools. Fight now or cower forever. Yeah. Forever. And I know, look, I know there's a lot of mavericks who are like, you're giving up by saying that the, the United States in its current instance is blah, blah, blah. And, you, you know, you need to fight. It's, it's cowardly. Um, I'm not saying to not fight. At all. What I'm saying is, don't be a moron. Uh, that's basically what I'm saying, right? So, like, if you are outnumbered by your enemy, massively outnumbered and outresourced by your enemy, kind of battle one-on-one is usually you concentrate your forces. You don't, like, send them all around and spread them out. Like, that's not what you do. Uh, it doesn't mean you're giving up. By saying, all right, we got to see this territory. We're going to find a place to hunker down. We're going to defend this spot. We're going to fortify it, to use the left's word. Uh, and we're going to fight from there as our as our base. Uh, so, you know, bravado is nice, but it doesn't win wars by itself. <laughs> you also need not a moronic strategy. So yeah. denial that things are the way they are isn't going to help you win. Um, they are in control of almost all the states, the entire federal government. They're about they're purging the military as we speak. They are purging. And the entire federal government's being purged. This COVID 
uh, mandate is part of a ideological purge. So, you know, it's <laughs> Pollyanna soldiers don't win. It's not you don't win by being like, I believe like remember the Japanese like was it the Japanese that like ran the samurais ran at bullets of Westerners because they're like, well, we believe that we could we're bulletproof. I'm like, OK, good luck with that. Guess what happens? You die. Bad strategy. So if you actually care, stop just, you know, bragging about your machismo and put on a brain and start to think about the best way to do this. Yeah. Move to a free All state right. if you can. I've been referring to my state as a free state. Um, I highly recommend it when I visit other places. I was at in Washington. They have a whole mass mandate and for the state again. And, uh, you know, the hotel clerk, the, the one night we stayed there, said, oh, you have to put this mask on while you talk to me at the desk because the governor mandated it. And I was like, oh, oh okay, I forgot. We, we live in a free state. We're just not used to all this stuff. Like, it's like you can say it a nice way that just makes them feel like the weirdos they are. And, you know, uh, I, so so if we're if we're going to close a couple things. Book Club sure. is coming up this Sunday. Again, Neuromancer. We're doing fiction this month. Next month, we're doing Texic, nonfiction. You can find out more info at unsafespace.com, book club page. If you want to support the show, if you are able to financially, we have a subscribe star. You can be a monthly subscriber and get your name and credits. Um, you can give a one-time tip. You can donate in other ways. We have Bitcoin and all kinds of stuff. You can go to unsafespace.com to the donate page. And if you just want to support the show in other ways and you can't do so financially, we have, uh, we're on lots of different pl platforms. You can find us, you can support the one that you can watch us on the one that, that, you know, that you prefer and you can share the video. You can leave us a review on iTunes. That helps. We got to get back to reading this, the reviews and, oh, yeah. uh, like subscribe, subscribe button is the most important thing. Make, Remember, we're done with the carrot. We're here. We're, we're the stick now. You need to subscribe. Um, and what else? Is that it? Matt Deckard gives us five bucks and says, here's 275 to support the cause. <laughs> Susan, thank you. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Susan, thanks. <you. laughs> All right. Says, thank you. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back. Else. By Friday, we should be back on this channel. I mean, on the main channel. Uh, on not the main just channel. The there Clips channel. Um, there was something so. else, Carter. What was it? It was something important to say. Uh, uh, support us by going on safespace.com. Um, press the subscribe button. I mean, it's mandated. You said that already. Book club. I, I think we're good. Other All than right. I can apologize for still not updating the end credits, which I'm about to do. Uh, I'll do this week. Uh, oh, oh, Beverly's Jack asking Jack Murphy. Is that what you're wanting to say? No, but that's good. We just interviewed Jack Murphy, <laughs> and that's going to be out soon. And that was cool. Jack Murphy's a cool dude. I'm very excited for people to see that one. I can't Carrie, so is. Cheeky Mare says Carrie can't hold a straight face, so she couldn't be a dictator. She absolutely can hold the straight I face. Can. You missed the beginning, Cheeky Mare. She like <laughs> she was actually quite a convincing dictator at the beginning of the show. Um, I can hold it, so. but then a big laugh always comes out afterwards. So I'd have to put a face mask on after a certain amount of time. Yeah, you'd just be like, uh, the COVID, and you put the mask yeah. on and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Have a good one, everyone. We will see you. Uh, I don't know when Jack Murphy will be out, but hopefully it will be out on the main channel soon. Maybe tomorrow. I don't even know. Uh, but soon. And uh, we will see you on Friday.
Take care. Cool. Take care. Bye, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and may be subject to federal entrapment. Research shows that wearing a mask significantly reduces the risk of becoming infected with independent thought. The next war will be nothing like Afghanistan. I promise. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.